So we're doing a podcast about museums. So we're going back in time, effectively, right? Back in time. So in honor, I thought I would do my best old world commercial for for a vehicle. Are you ready? Right now? Yeah, you're you going to do this? it? Yeah, sure. buy this uh, 1967 Ford Lincoln. It's good for the whole family. Uh, that's four doors. You can get in one of each of those doors. Stop! And, and you can open the hood, ladies and gentlemen. There's an engine under there. How did you... A, why are you from Brooklyn? And B, why is it all in your nose? <laughs> good job. Welcome no. to a podcast. <laughs> I'm going to shove something up your nose so you can't do that anymore. <laughs> this is Gear Related, a peek under the hood of the automotive repair industry. We are your lovely hosts. I'm, I'm Ford Lincoln. <laughs> and that's Chevy Chrysler over there. Yeah, this, this, is what, this is what happens. This is what comes out of my mouth when I don't like think about things and rehearse. <laughs> Which is... All the time. I'm Heather, you're Ben. Uh, yes, and I own a Chevy Dodge. I own a Toyota. Toyota. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's so nice. we have a very special um, episode for you today. I am very excited to share this with you. Uh, this will be hopefully one of many podcasts that we do in our museum series. Yeah. So our plan is to visit these museums, give you guys kind of an idea of what you might find there. So it, you can check this out. Um, and the story behind the story. Yeah. And uh, we picked a doozy to start with. We really did. Um, so we're going to be talking about the Buffalo Transportation Pierce Arrow Museum. In Below, New York. Below. Buffalo, what a great city. If you haven't visited, you should. You should. And Jim Sandoro was so gracious with his time. I don't even like, I, he is like the jack of all Pierce Arrow. I mean, this guy. And everything. He, everything auto, almost. What a wonderful person, full of so much knowledge and history that I was gobsmacked just staring at him like a little kid, hearing all of this history. We could have talked to him for. The whole day. Yeah, it's it's really amazing. But he's a busy dude, so... Right. So, without further ado, let's jump right in. So, we are here in this beautiful museum at the Pierce Arrow Museum with Jim Sandoro. And so, he's agreed to do a lovely interview with us. So, can you just tell us like what your role is here? Well, I pretty much do everything. Uh, <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> because we started back in '97 is when we started the museum, uh, our nonprofit part of it. But from the time I was three and a half years old, I said I wanted to have a car museum. That was my goal in life. And at 18, I moved into a building right across the street from here and started my own restoration shop and had these older gentlemen uh, teach me how to work on cars and work with me. And over 40 years, we restored hundreds of automobiles. 
sent them all over the world. And uh, wow. that's been the life. So all along, my friends are saying, when are you going to start this museum? And so in 97, <laughs> a lawyer friend of mine said, I'll set up the paperwork. Let's get going. And that's how it started. Wow, that's awesome. And so you've been here from the very beginning then? Yes, I lived across the street uh, 60 years. This year, September, will be 60 years. Wow. I think it's amazing that you had this dream at three and a half. I know, I know. <laughs> well, I went to the Henry Ford Museum at that age okay. and uh, saw that. And then also an old man in the neighborhood at Pierce Arrow, he was hiding from the government because you were supposed to scrap those cars for uh, airplanes for World War II. And uh, I smell stale gas and mothballs coming from this garage. <laughs> I went in, there's this beautiful Pierce Arrow town car, just like the one we have right over there, and you'll see it later. And uh, I, that was great for me to slide down the fenders, and then the grandfather had a fit. And in order to shut me up, he would give me a button, a pin, or something related to cars. I said, this is cool. I ought to go to all the old guys in the neighborhood and do trick-or-treat every day. <laughs> and I did. So by the time I'm nine, my mother said, what are you doing with all these things? I said, I'm going to have a car museum. And uh, I moved out of the house at 18. She didn't talk to me for about three years. And I started my dream. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so Pierce Arrow, they're not exactly uh, a very well-known um, car manufacturer. I mean, a lot of our listeners probably have never even heard of Pierce Arrow before. Can you give us a little bit of background on their company, how they started, where they came from, and what exactly they built? Well, George Pierce moved here in around 1869 from Friendship because Buffalo was a main one of the top nine cities in the world, or not the world, in, in, uh, uh, in, this, in the United States. And because of that, all these millionaires were being created. So he moved here, started to make bird cages and ice boxes because he could ship them right out of the Erie Canal into Europe and all over the world. And in, when the bicycle craze came in, 1870s, he, had, he made a tricycle for children, and then he went on to make safety bikes. That's not the high wheel. That's where the bike is similar to what you have now. Okay. And his big deal was he made one with a shaft drive, so women could now drive and not get their petticoats caught up in a greasy chain. They didn't have <laughs> chain guards then. And that took off. And then by 1901 or 1900, he went to Europe, saw a Dion Bhutan tricycle, motorized tricycle, and said, boy, I could use that as a pattern, and then I could build my own motorcycle, car, whatever. Well, he started with a, 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 a four-wheel and then went on to build everything, motorcycles, trucks. So from 1901 to 1938, they were one of the premier manufacturers of luxury cars in the world. That's really cool. Now, they, did they, they primarily, that was their uh, main thing, is, is the luxury brand, right? Luxury, all the way up. Pierce could cost 12 or 13,000, a Model T was $400. Give you an idea of the difference. And uh, you never had a repair manual, you being a repair guy. They never had a repair manual in 37 years. You had to send your guy to the factory to learn how to work on the car. Oh, yeah, that's so cool. Talk about snobbish, right? That's, uh, <laughs> and so what was it about, was it just that you were exposed to the Pierce Arrow brand that made you say, I'm going to do a museum well, based on Well, we also this. moved about two blocks from the factory. And while my oh. friends were throwing stones at the factory, I was there looking for artifacts. I mean, that's how devoted I've been. 
Right now, we probably have the biggest collection in the world of Pierce Arrow items, uh, not cars, but well, we're, we're up to about 10 Pierces now. And uh, the quality, they have travel trailers, they made big trucks. They, they supposedly helped to win World War I because their trucks all had shaft drive like the bicycle, and Mack and all the other companies had chain drive, and they all got stuck in Germany and France in the mud during the winter of the, of the war, but the Pierces were shaft drive went right through. The very first armored vehicle for the United States was a Pierce chassis with armament on it. People don't know that. And uh, wow. it just amazing. They also made most of the trucks for uh, the Suez Canal, for the Panama Canal, again, because they were so reliable. That is so cool. Mm -hmm. So, you, you mentioned that you already have a couple of uh, Pierce automobiles here. So for people that, um, and I highly recommend coming to this museum, it's a beautiful building. We're Right now, as we record this podcast, we're just surrounded by some of the most amazing automobiles. Um, what else can people experience when they come to the museum? Well, we're not just Pierce Arrow. We, well, we're, we're dedicated to Buffalo Transportation. Our real name is the Buffalo Transportation slash Pierce Arrow Museum. And then, of course, the Frank Lloyd Wright Filling Station, which you're sitting in front of. But as far as cars go, we have a Thomas Flyer. Uh, the Thomas Flyer was and still is one of the most famous cars in the world. There's a picture of it right there, that billboard. And I'm happy to announce that... Uh, Next year, we're, for the first time in 50 years, we're going to have the car here for uh, uh, three months next summer. And we will have people from all over the Northeast will come to see the actual car that beat the Germans, the French, the Italians around the world in 1908. In, oh, the, wow. dead, in the dead of winter. That's so amazing. So read up on New York to Paris race, uh, automobile race in 1908, and uh, people will get a big kick and want to come and see the car. Okay, for sure. We're writing that one down. Yeah. So I want to know where all this stuff came from. How do you get these exhibit items here? Just along the way with me, I do a lot of appraisals. I do a lot of consultation, have for years. I started an auction business called Auction America back in the 70s, which was really became Barrett-Jackson. Russ Jackson was one of our partners. So um, Marianne and I had... Um, had um, started that business out there so we had an office in Arizona and here and wherever I went that I could acquire I tried to acquire things pertaining to Buffalo transportation and uh, we have conservative estimate a million pieces right now uh, in storage in different buildings that as we open a new building a new building they're all going to be on display hopefully while I'm still here and uh, and uh, we're, we're really jumping. We, we, we're going to 300,000 square feet in the next five years. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Is any of this on loan? I know there are some museums. Only about that... four or five cars. Yeah, oh, we wow. only don't take, no, we don't take cars on loan because of liability. And if they're special, we'll have them on a display for a short time. But just looking around here, other than some estate cars, there's probably one Pierce Arrow, the one with the OS 11. A 1934 Pierce Town car. That's probably the only car on loan. All the rest were either donated by Mar my wife Marianne and I, and or other people, or we purchased them. Oh, that's really cool. And also, I, I've I've read that uh, you recently acquired a very special Studebaker. Uh, the Studebaker. Studebaker. It was it the Studebaker the 1901? No, the that's a. 
Packard. Oh, Packard. I'm sorry. Packard. Oh, yeah. Oh. Well, Studebaker, you know, did buy Pierce Arrow uh, uh, just before the Depression hit, then sold it back to management. They bought it in 28 and sold it in 33. So we do have a Studebaker connection. But uh, yes, the 191 Packard is a very famous Buffalo car. Uh, a guy named John Satterfield was a banker in Buffalo, uh, and he bought the car to be in the race. Pierce did not have any cars in the New York to Buffalo race for the Pan American. They only had two cars. They had entered the cars themselves. So he went and bought the second best thing he could buy was a Packard. And they drove it in the race, but they had to call it in Rochester. When McKinley died, they had to call the race. But he then took that car to Fort Erie to race, all over the Northeast to race, and even to Europe. He took it to Europe and raced the car. We believe it's got about 30,000 miles that he put on it. Oh, wow. He then sells it back to Packard. They wanted to use it uh, for a lawsuit. Or they had the, that was the first H-pattern uh, shift and the steering wheel. They had the patents, Packard. So they were being challenged. They bought the car from him, won, won the patents, kept the car in storage in a museum at, at Packard. 1929, they ship it to California for a car show. The whole show burns. 212 cars burned to oh, the ground. No. <laughs> yes, but they saved the chassis, saved the components. A fella from Warren, Ohio, where they started, uh, got the car, acquired it, restored it, and he died a couple years ago. Terry Martin, a great friend of mine, and we were able to acquire it from the estate. He always wanted it to come back to Buffalo to where the owner was uh, John Satterfield. So effectively, it's home now. It is home now, and we <laughs> found out more about John Satterfield, that he was uh, actually president of the Auto Club of Buffalo, which is a big auto club. He also started the first aero club in the country for flying with uh, George Albright from the Albright Knox Art Gallery. In 1908, they had a club of guys flying airplanes. That's amazing. Amazing people, yeah. Amazing. There's so much rich history here. Western uh, New York is unbelievable. Yeah. You and you had mentioned earlier that we are sitting, and right, right, right behind us is, in fact, is the uh, a very unique uh, filling station. Yes, that was designed by somebody very famous. Can you tell us all about what we're looking at behind us? I'll give you the shorter version because it could take an hour <laughs> to do it. But uh, back when we had the auctions in, in Arizona. I used to ride my bike to Taliesin and say, what do you have about Buffalo? Of course, Taliesin was Frank Lloyd Wright's uh, place in uh, Arizona. And they showed me a little illustration of a gas station back in the 70s. And I had to sign papers to get a copy. So I said, oh, I'll come back another time. Fast forward to I build the, uh, or we're opening the museum. And I said, wouldn't it be cool to maybe find out more about that station and build it right in front of the uh, museum as an entry point. So uh, I went uh, back out there and we acquired it, uh, 175000 We had to pay for the rights to build it. And uh, there it is, the most magnificent. It was supposed to be at, May at Michigan and Cherry, five blocks from here. By coincidence, the same street. And he never built it. He wanted too much money. So unique because he put uh, he wanted to do gravity feed and put a 1,000 gallons up in the eaves of the roof as opposed to the poor kid that used to pump 22 minutes to pump 10 gallons out of the ground. Oh. Uh, he wanted women to be comfortable, so he built deluxe bathrooms 
and a living room so that they could sit in comfort waiting for the car to be serviced, lubed, and whatever. And then he had the brainstorm of putting a fireplace under the 1,000 gallons of gas and, then, <laughs> and got a permit from the city of Buffalo and got a second one in the basement for the attendant who is now going to be there 24 hours a day. Uh, his unique sign, he didn't want to put the name Tidal, which was a gas company. He wanted to do his own script, so you'll see up there the T-Y-D-O-L is uh, stylized to Frank Lloyd Wright. He never built it. He wanted too much money, and uh, luckily the renderings or whatever were Italiescent, and we found them. And He did build one 40, 30 years later, just before he died, in Cloquet, Minnesota, of a more modern design. It doesn't really look much like this. But this is the original design that he made for Buffalo, Western New York. It is gorgeous. Yeah, yeah there's 4,000 pounds of copper there. Oh Revere gosh. Copper from Rome, New York, de uh, donated the copper. Alp Steel of Buffalo did all the superstructure. Underneath there's $350,000 worth of steel superstructure. Uh, my men did all the copper work here. A guy named Rich Foley. Uh, uh, it was a wonderful coppersmith, still is. And uh, we did most everything but pouring the concrete we did in our restoration shops. And no fireplace under a gas tank. They're there. This is oh, they're there. <laughs> We're not going to blow you they're up, not, I promise. There's no tank. There's no <laughs> gas in the tank. Let's put it that way. So what would you say is your favorite piece? It probably changes, but well, for today. <laughs> the Thomas Flyer is a car that's really the rarest and it's so important to the world because it, and we were able to acquire one. It's, it's here in the museum. We just got it out. It was up in the corner. We got it out anticipating what we're going to do next year. Next year, we hope in June to rededicate the factory. It belongs to Rich Products, which is a major company, the sponsor of the Bisons and all the other things. And we're going to rededicate 1200 Niagara was the factory and bring the car over there along with having it here on display. And also, there's only about 30 Thomases in the world, and we hope to have 15 or 20 here for, that, uh, for oh, at wow. least a week in June during that time, and the car itself here. And then the car is going to go to Pebble Beach uh, in August. Uh, it's going out to Pebble Beach show in, uh, in uh, California. So June 2023. Yeah, we June know is going to be, be the big, uh, middle, middle June somewhere in there is going to be the big week. Dedication. Thomas week. Well, I couldn't help but overhear you said um, that you have a restoration shop here on premises. Uh -oh. Across the street. Those <laughs> okay. two buildings you see across the street restored 200 cars over the years. The one with the pink back was where I started, lived upstairs, and we still do live. We live across the street now, but my dad actually lived there till he passed away in 2007. And then the next building is where we did all the, uh, what I call the dirty work, the uh, uh, sandblasting and the paint work and things like that. And now in the last 10 years, I turned everything over to the Russo, Joe Russo, who's about four blocks from here. They're friends of mine, they're on our board and they do all the restoration work. They just finished the, uh, the orange pierce behind you, the 31 pierce. Uh, we're showing that next Monday at the Wurlitzer, Wurlitzer plant out in Buffalo. I gotta uh, tell you, that yeah. is a beautiful automobile. Isn't it something? And that is original color. It was white, and we had had Frank Lloyd Wright's cord here, and it was that color. And I said, when that left, I wanna paint the Pierce that color. So Joe stripped it down, did everything, painted it the original color. We did spectrographs, get the right color. And I said, I don't like it under the wheel wells in the front. It's, it's black, it should be body color. 
he strips it underneath there, and it was orange originally. Is that right? And we have pictures of all that. We oh, document it. Yeah, we documented all of it. So that car, in 1931, some gentleman was probably riding down the street where people are looking for food and, <laughs> and uh, in trouble. He was driving that orange Piercero down the street. Well, you, I'm telling you, people out there listening right now, you've got to come see yeah, these, these see vehicles. Yeah, you've got to see it in person. And, yeah. and to that, can you tell our listeners hours of operation, um, what, to, what to expect when they get here, and just so that they know um, what to... Uh, well, how to get here we're and going see these on, We're going on August. Uh, we're going into August uh, right now of uh, 2022. So our hours are Wednesday through Saturday, 11 to 4, and uh, the general admission is 15 for adults, 15 for adults, and seven for children. Our website is pierce-arrow.com, and uh, we do not host weddings or fundraisers. Just so you know. But you do yeah. host quite a few other events. Oh, like we, we have see. a lot of events. We're down. We're almost one a week right now, and we can accommodate up to a thousand people. Uh, we have our own liquor license. We do our own food. We do everything ourselves. So, yeah. And do you do like guided tours? I feel like guided tours from I time to time. We can. Well, thirty or more, we can set up a tour. It's twenty-five dollars a person. Now that may change when we open the next building, which we're working on another thirty-five thousand square feet by next summer. Wow. We'll have the next building. And we are big on memorabilia. As you can see, there are, like I said, a million pieces of memorabilia that were things we haven't seen in 50 years that my wife and I packed away 50 years ago are coming out. And uh, we just did a chauffeur's, a whole display about chauffeur's. We have automotive Valentine's that we put out at Valentine's Day. 700 Valentine's, all devoted to automobiles. Oh, wow. From 1880s or 1890s all the way up to the 60s. So we're having a great time, having a great time. Well, this has been so fun. I'm, I'm sad to stop talking to you, but I also want to go look at all the cars. Sure, sure. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, I can't, we can't thank you enough for doing this for us. Uh, and yeah, keep, keep doing what you're doing because this is just an amazing thing that you have accomplished here, you and your wife. Thank, thank you so you. much. Thank you for sharing it with other people too. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Thanks. too short I know it really was <laughs> <laughs> okay so then after that wonderful conversation we got to walk around yeah um and this is you know th th what's crazy is this is already a pretty big place and they're adding 35,000 square feet that's huge so 35, next year 35,000 that's a lot of square feet that's many square feet i i mean they've just got car 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 gorgeous car gorgeous car gorgeous car um that filling station is true to life like it is a re life-size filling station I, and i love the whole concept behind it too because you think like today and even back then all the all the tanks were underground and we're gonna do this whole gravity fed uh, right station. There's no pumps. There's no nothing. It's just it's all this all this fuel is just up there and on off switch. It goes in your car. It's just crazy. So cool. And, it, and it's so stylized too in traditional Frank Lloyd Wright uh, fashion. Yeah, yeah. And just oh the cars. I just want to. I could have sat there forever just 
looking. And I, you know what else I really liked? I enjoyed. There was some families there. And there's like, of course, you've got the adults are like, ooh, ah, you know, but the kids are like, their eyes are huge. They see, <laughs> you know, these cool old cars. It's, it's cool. And they've got some of the buffaloes from that art project from a oh, bunch you, of years you, ago. You mean the, the buffalo with the, the engine? engine sticking out of its back? <laughs> there's that buffalo. There's Elvis is there. It's amazing. Yeah, and they have probably one of the largest collections of hood ornaments I've ever seen. Oh, it was amazing. I'll get some pictures out for that, but I was dying. Gorgeous and yeah. in such good condition. And then they have a whole section of women in transportation, which you know is my bag. Yeah. All the, the there's the old awards and all of these you know, we've we've spoken about some of these ladies, and so now I have a whole bunch of ideas for more. Mm-hmm. And they've got the clothes that they wore, and the cool driving gloves, and the crazy goggles, and and besides the 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 Piercero, like the rare luxury ones that you know they have some some of these were like limousines with separated glass in them, but then they've got. Uh, a Ford GT, uh, the Steve McQueen Ford GT. They've got all these Corvettes from different um, decades. There was Corvettes from the 60s, the 70s. And And then they had the lad car. Don't worry about the lad car. (laughs) One seater, just so that your kid can get from school to, you know, the boys club later. And they had an electric car. Yes, they did. From what year? Like 1902? Something like that. That's right, folks. Electric cars have been around for a long time. And I will say this. It charges faster than a Tesla does. Ooh, ooh. 45 minutes. Elon, are you listening? It only gets about 40 miles. It'll I get you mean, 40 miles at like... No, it did 50 at 14 miles. It's at 14 miles per hour. <laughs> so, but back then, that was speed. But hey, I know. It's electric it cars good. in 1902. That's crazy. And they have all those cool bikes. Oh yeah, definitely. Because that and that was so great about what he was talking about the history of Piercero, how it started. Like we went from bird cages and fridges. to bicycles to motorcycles to luxury cars. I mean, it was just it was and so they cool. Kept their roots. Oh, what a cool place. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I can't yeah. wait to definitely gonna check that out in June when that Thomas Flyer is there. Yeah, and I love the fact that the gym at. Three and a half years old, growing up as a kid, is going around just collecting buttons, and and he's got all of these elders just giving him buttons, and now today people are giving him cars. God, <laughs> if all of us could be that tenacious and lucky, I would love it. So uh, you know, once again, highly, highly, ten out of ten would recommend going. Yeah, this is by far probably the best car museum I've ever been to in my lifetime. Uh, it's just it's just amazing from top to bottom. And so this will be our first, not our last. Definitely not. Can you can you believe, folks, that I've actually talked my wife into traveling around to car museums? He doesn't know what else we're going to be doing. <laughs> Every car museum, we get another cat. Wee! <laughs> so visit so, it yeah. if you can. It is the Buffalo Transportation Pierce Arrow. His hours were Wednesday through Saturday, eleven, 11 to four. $15 gets you in, and that's, oh, it's just, it's so worth it. Absolutely. I would have paid twice that to get in there. Oh, I really yeah. would have. I mean, we were in there for a while. Um, I would say definitely, too, if you have ideas for local car museums or even those that might be a road trip away, I don't know that I'm going to Morocco to go check out Oh, one. yes, we are. But if you have an idea, <laughs> please 
rock that one out to us. Maybe we don't start there. Maybe that's not Museum 2. <laughs> right, right, right. So you can get us on our Instagram, our Facebook. Find us our at our website, website. gearrelated.com. Um, and once again, thank you so much to Jim Sandoro. Website for that is pierce-arrow.com. Have a wonderful week. Yeah. I can't wait to do this again. He's like breathless. (laughs) Bye.